Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Central Stadium, an iconic sporting venue. As part of a major fundraising drive, My Stadium Seat is offering you the chance to place your name or the name of someone who loves GAA on a seat at the Field of Legends. Packages from 100 Euro include seat naming plaques, certs of authenticity, online biographies, and open day tickets. Show your support. Visit mystadiumseat.com. Sample Stadium, where every name matters. Welcome to the Premier Review podcast, episode number 76. Today I'm your host, Kevin Ryan. I'm jo- joined by the elite of the panel. Today I'm joined by Sean Smith from Turles Arsfields and Stephen Cronin from Carrick Davins. Big, big first item today, lads, is Tipperary had a four-point narrow loss to Waterford at the weekend. Stephen, just to get your first, um, what, what you thought of the match in general, some some, some of the good and some of the bad. Um, to be honest, I know on tip we don't do moral victories and all that, and you know, you have to be disappointed with the loss. But, you know, you have to be really, really happy and appreciative of the effort and the performance that was on display for Merrillax on Sunday. Written off by everyone. And I hate to say it, but really written off by our own as well. You know, that was the, that was the disappointing thing. And uh, it, probably, it probably led to a few people not going because they thought we'd be hammered. But I thought, I thought... You know, for a team in in, in transition and you know, four new debutants, Tip were excellent. 
you know, they 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 were they performed really really well. What I was worried about, I think I mentioned in the last podcast, was did we have championship fitness for seventy minutes? Could we keep the intensity up and the aggression levels up for seventy minutes? And that was that was answered very very clearly that we could. And uh, you know, I suppose it does 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 a lot of positives to take out of. I, I wouldn't be too harsh with negatives rather than also there's a few things you can can adjust, you know, like um I don't think there's a whole heap of bad negatives. Obviously the made the major one is the the restart after half time. Like, you know, this is not a first time that, that happened. It happened against Limerick last year and it it's something we need to work on. How we, we stop these fast starts from the other team going forward is They'll they'll have to work on that. They'll have to stop it because I was a little bit that. disappointed with that, Stephen. Just to kind of cut across you there, because I think we knew, similar to the Limerick game last year, that Waterford, if they had anything about them being a lean cat, that they were going to look for that fast start after yeah. the in the second half. Could have tipped on more there. To again, we talk about maybe the player going down, starting around the little things. Now it wasn't as bad as the Limerick game as in it wasn't a terminal kind of. Yeah, had, but could we have done a bit more there in that phase after halftime? Yeah, it is a strange one. Like you, you, you could attribute it to it. Like as a player, I don't like staying in the dressing room too long. You know, I, I think when you stay in the dressing room too long at halftime, it, you know, like the testosterone levels and they drop a little bit. Like you're resting, you're getting too comfortable in there, and Tipper in the dressing room a long time. No, look, that might have nothing to do with the restart. You know, but I, I just don't like it, and I never, I never feel you start properly when you're in the dressing room for so long, you're only pissing off, for want of a better word, you're only pissing off the team that's waiting for you on the field and, you know, their, their teeth are grinding that little bit harder. But, look, I suppose, from the Harlem point of view, something, something has to, has to give, like, you know, it's not a once-off. It happened before, but thankfully, we were able to stem that flow so, so, uh, a little bit. But it could be, a, it could be a situation where, if it's an issue going forward, we might, you, you might have to take out the two corner forwards and play them in behind the halfbacks or just for the restart, you know, just crowd that air. Don't leave. I think, um, you know, it's lost a bit, but, you know, Waterford did get off to a good start as well. Tip hit three bad wides before they got the first, you know, sc- score on the board, which turned out to be a great one. Um, on it, like, you know, so there, there might be something in there to address this week. Look, you're not going to be able to do a lot this week, but I think, you know, getting the mentality right to start right in both halves against Clare, I think. Yeah. Uh, Sean, just to go to you for your general thoughts about about the match. All doom and gloom, or is maybe I know I'm actually to... kind of very positive. To be honest, um, like I haven't heard much negativity after maybe one or two kind of players, but then in fairness, there was twelve, thirteen as I stood up in that team. Um, kind of echoing Stephen there, kind of poor restart, but also I think the kind of poor fade away in the first half, the last couple of minutes, the water get three in the bounce as well. You know, like so, and I went in four up half time, but that could have been six, seven, um. And then if they get swinging the other side with one or two or still up that kind of five-point cushion. Again, the lads kind of left on the field, to be honest. The subs that came on, like we're kind of crying out there. I was watching, I didn't get down to all now, but like we're crying out to bring on lads. And when the subs came on, they, they did show up, like, you know, so they're fighting for positions. And the next day, they're going into the dogs in McLaren. and it's winner take all as far as I can see. Were you surprised, I suppose, with maybe Bonner being first sub on, setting aside the kind of the blood sub shame is going off? Uh, late in the first half, that was Bonner coming on at halftime. Oh, yeah, Dan he was. Performance didn't come in. For yeah, Dan was. Well, I was. I was sure he was. 
Watching Lord Lazarus were sure like Dan's on now half time off of Flint. That was the sub. But then someone said Bonner's on and I goes, oh, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of wonder because in midfield we needed that kind of push. And like Dan came on, he got two scores. And I don't think Bonner was the option half time. But then Colin May tried to set a different game plan and tried something just didn't work. It. But like first day out and you can learn from these small things like. Yeah, exactly. Maybe the other notable kind of just when talk about the subs, maybe John McGrath's late introduction, I think it was the other thing that struck me not in until the 66 minute. Um, could yeah, how clinical if he maybe if he got some chance that Joe Brown kind of got Morris near the end, you know, them kind of ones that would have got back to point two, like you know, like John McGrath, the sharpshooter, he went and got more before Joe Brown, like so. But like it's kind of learning curve. There's a reason, like, why did John McGrath come with three minutes to go? There's something. Something we don't know, is there? I, I, I think I think part of that as well, and it might it might explain a little bit of the Bonner introduction so early is to that that game it, it needed a lot of pace, a lot of running, mm. you know, and and maybe maybe that was a bit of the thinking that because a lot of quick lads came on, like you know, Dan is fairly you know, he's he's quick and he's industrious and he's he's a worker. <coughs> Same with Bonner. And then when um when Jer Brown came on, Jer Brown is really quick and I really thought, you know, we're gonna add a bit of Electricity here, like you know, the, the poor the poor effort that uh, that he that time, like you know, it was. Is there a danger, of, uh, though, Stephen? There of pigeonholing lads. I mean, you say you know we needed pace and all that, and you know that was a central team of this podcast over the last couple of weeks. Get pace and around the middle of the team, but you know then Noel McGrath, who I don't think any of us thought would play the full seventy minutes, played and was exceptional for you know the seventy minutes. Are we? Because you know that game wasn't suit John McGrath, and you said Joe Brown hit a bad one, Kyo hit a bad one coming down the coming down the straight Morris kind of tiring probably hit a, hit a bad one coming down the straight for me five six minutes isn't enough for a sub to make an impact yeah I agree and I, I, I think it's just horses for courses I think it was for the game that was in it um, and uh, like look you're going to make a decision is either going to be right or wrong and uh, I, I, I'd like to think you made a decision on if we added pace you know team team tiring and you might get the opportunity now and let's be clear about it they, they they got the opportunities, but they just made a a, a, a balls of the opportunities. If you get me, like you know, and and if if it was John on the end of, I, I you'd fancy him to go over the bar, but I suppose look, the lads had the chances. Is they just didn't push him away, like you know, and uh, I, I I'd to be honest, I'd expect John to start the next day unless there's something really going on in the in the camp because I think the Clare game could be a, a, a like. Could be a real opportunity for him to get the confidence back. I'm not, I'm not underestimating Claire whatsoever, but I just think it's a, it's going to be a different type of game. Like a lot of our forwards, they are off the ball. The work they, the work they had to put in, you know, the chasing around, the hairing into tackles, and you know, maybe that's maybe just that wasn't seen as John's forte. You know what I mean? But the Claire game could be a right game to bring him on, and you know, I, I think if Tipper to do anything this year, especially qualify out of the group and. Look, who knows? I think they do need John McGrath firing, you know, and uh, look, whatever way the match went the way it went the other day, so hopefully going forward, all those lads know next week now they're hoping for the start and not expecting the start and, and I think that keeps everyone on their toes. Looking at the game then, as mentioned there, Tipperary had a slow enough start, a couple of nervous whites to start off, Waterford got into their groove then. Then Tipperary definitely came roaring back into the game, really settled down, got some, got got some great scores, and that brought us in, you know, with a you know five six point lead there at times in the in the first half. Then 
Waterford, as Sean said, kind of just came back into the game, started to come, you know, find their feet a bit towards the last seven or eight minutes of the game. Then one of the key um the key incidents of that half was the well, I suppose the Seamus Kennedy getting getting a belt from Mikey Kyle. It's been talked about, you know, on the Sunday game and kind of elsewhere as well on other podcasts. We're not going to dwell on it here, but for you lads as well, Sean, come to you first, was it a red card? Well, I, to be honest, like if you're giving them then are you going to ever put in a high ball ever again in your life? Like, you know, like, it was wild, but I don't think it was on it, to be honest. I wouldn't. Like, you know, if he even went down, there's no blood there, would it be the same reaction, you know? Yeah, Stephen, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I don't have the benefit yet of seeing it on telly. I haven't got around to watching it until, but, like, they didn't, well, from where I was, and it didn't seem to be too much of a, uh, was there a big furore from the tip lads around the area? Like, you know, these these things happen and look, he 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 could have been two foot away from the ball. And if you're at, if you're if if you're in no position to actually get your hurley to the ball, then yeah, it's dangerous and it's wild and it has to be dealt with. But as I said, I haven't seen it on TV yet. Yes, I get I get to I get around to watching it the next day or two, but you know, like um as 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 Sean said, if there was no blood there, would there be an issue? And you know, look Look, I, I think uh, there was worse decisions went against us than that, you know, and uh, I wouldn't be too worried about that part of it, that part, that uh, incident. Yeah, again, and maybe not to not to dwell on it as well, but to pick up on the the refereeing on Sunday, I think that I heard a few cribs from Tip supporters. I don't think there was one any you know really bad decision, but a series of kind of smaller causes. I think just kept yeah. on going against Tip, and we didn't. Maybe get a lot back from Johnny Murphy, not that we were yeah. expecting much. But did that but, stand out for you? Maybe the hand pass for the first goal again for Waterford, but but yeah. See, look, when you're when you're there, you, you probably don't see the hand pass clear enough, like you know. So again, as I said I didn't see it, but what frustrated me was, and I I, I don't feel I was on my own down there thinking it because a few Waterford lads around me and it was oh geez we got away with that, you know. When you hear that those comments, I felt tip. We're given four steps, rightly so. That's the that's the rules. But I, I felt Watford were given five, six steps, you know. And that happened so many times during the game. Even I think it was for the second goal. Like he could have he would have been done for barging it, was it? And there was a lot of steps, but tip were getting done. It felt like when we were there, tip were getting done for the four for they had the maximum of the four. Watford get the five. The other one then that annoyed me was and just reading on it, when Noel McGrath got the yellow card, someone on Premier View said, it, it, it was a, he said, it was a little pull, it was a good spot by the referee, grand, I can accept that. But then McCormick had the ball in his hand, he was in stride, and the ball was, was, was uh, pucked out of his hand. Now, maybe I'm after forgetting the rules, but, when the ball is cleanly in your hand, you can't pull on the hand. The ball, if there's, if there's daylight between your hand and the ball, yeah, you can pull on the ball. But when it's in your hand, you cannot, Pull on it, and that and uh, Dan never got his free for that, which would have would have had us in. Um, I think there's only a point or two at, at that stage. Would have had us. It should have been a, a bread and butter free at that stage. Like these are just little frustrating things that, that you know that it kind of it doesn't help the referee. Like you know, it doesn't help his reputation when when these things happen. But look, the referee's performance is not the reason we were bet. Like so, you know, I won't, we won't dwell on too much on it either. Speaking on freeze, I think one of the one of the things that was maybe a, a bit below par for Tipperary was actually Jason Ford, both in play and on place balls as well. When you're 
again when you knew you were going to be in a tight game it wasn't Jason's day like um we say a lot more than that you know he can't be a 10 out of 10 or 9 out of 10 player every time but um, I think he'll be disappointed himself yeah, yeah, could I, could I oh, just sorry, comment on the referee? Sorry, lads, just because maybe I'm going against the grain a little bit here, but I'm definitely one of the tip supporters that had major quibs about the referee on Sunday. And if Liam Sheedy is afraid to call it out in the Sunday game, I'm not, I'm not afraid to call it out on the <laughs> podcast because I thought the referee was, was very poor. And, and just to put a bit of context on this now, I mean, this isn't the first time that this guy has refereed a Tipperary team and, you know, hasn't given us fair play. Like the incident involving involving Seamus Kennedy to me is a red card all day long. That's that happens out the field, and it's just two players going for the ball, and you pull across a fellow's head. It's a red card. It's dangerous play. It's reckless. It's a red card. End of story. And you know, if 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 that happened to a Watford player and it was done by a tip guy, the whole country would be screaming the place then about it. I mean, Dykeman wanted Ronan Mara suspended. I think after the two thousand and nineteen Munster final for a for a, for a shoulder on a guy, a fair shoulder on a guy. So. I, I thought I thought that that was a terrible decision. Okay, first of all, and to see Derek McGrath. Now I didn't watch the Sunday game on Sunday night. But completely given up on watching that, as you know. But I did have a look back on it on Monday, just for the purposes of this podcast, a little bit of research to see what Derek McGrath was saying. And absolute nonsense argument again, saying the back man came from nowhere. I mean, where do you think Seamus Kennedy should have come from? The flipping stand or somewhere? I mean, he's entitled to go for that ball. Your man pulled down him. He's nowhere near the ball. It's a red card. The, the, the goal then that Hutchinson got. I mean, Kylie takes seven steps with the ball, lads. Like, what? Are we, like, I don't know what the, what's the rule there. Like, I mean, it's four steps as far as I know. Is it now the rule is, steps? I think, Colin, that you're probably only going to get done for steps out the field, okay. and that the referee's probably watching, not sticking up for Johnny Murphy. He's probably watching two or three things as a fella comes in closer to the goal, and you will get that extra couple of steps, which is, you know, we all all against the rules. But um, yeah, I'd agree that. You know, I think that tip definitely on, on balance came out. Barry, know, Barry Heffernan, Barry Heffernan as well was 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 pushed in the back in the second time, in the second half. He, I, I, I was looking kind of across at this. He seemed to get pushed in the back, fell on the ground, touched the ball on the ground, and it's a free to Waterford. Like I mean, that was a bad decision as well. There was a terrible decision in the first half. Was well. that um, Austin Gleason's first involvement as well, which I, I think, kind of really yeah got the momentum going for him. You know, but look, you know, I, I suppose I just I, 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 I couldn't come on and not talk about the referee. I think it needs to be talked about. And I think, you know, if you think as well, Gillan last year was a red card down in Cork. You know, again, that went against us. We didn't get it, you know. But look, on the game itself, I thought in fairness to Colin Bonner and the selectors, they got their team right apart from one or two um players that the lads have spoken about, you know, maybe Alan Flynn in midfield didn't go so well. He seemed to fumble a couple of balls in the first 20 minutes. Maybe his physicality, lads, isn't there. I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't see enough of him in Club Hurling really to, to, know, to, to know much about him like that. But I just thought physically he looked, he looked, um, he looked a bit out of it. Just, Kevin, on, on Jason Ford, yeah, you're right. I think I, I did read someplace or hear someplace that Jason Ford may have been sick during the week coming into the game, you know, and as you said, we can't expect a 10 out of 10 from him every week, but he's probably in that group of players now that we really need to grab the game by a scruff of a neck if we're going to win it. And I thought it was interesting that all the newcomers really were the guys who really stood up on Sunday and really put in a performance. And that was very, 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 very uh, promising to see. And, you know, just something that Stephen had said earlier on, that, and, and I agree with this, that I didn't really go down there worrying about a, a, 
are hurling because you know we, we generally hurl well in championship we always hurl well in championship but I was probably a little bit worried about would would we bring an intensity and a physicality to the game and we certainly did that and that and that was very very pleasing to see I suppose lastly I just say coming out of the game walking out of there I have to say I was a little bit disappointed just in the sense that the game was there maybe to win or draw I just thought you know a little bit more composure and I suppose a little bit more experience and fairness and, and, and that game could have been won but you know definitely more more positives than negatives and thanks Colin I just want to ask Sean about a couple of those debuts in, in particular like you know I suppose Craig Morgan we've been well touted on this podcast you know that he is quite the prospect I think you know Dylan Cork as well um, you know had a, has, had a solid maybe a bit culpable for the first goal but that's really nitpicking there Connor Bow, unfortunately his day was curtailed at half time and then Marquio obviously look he's I suppose new to the Tipperary public he's an all Ireland medal in his back pocket out of the four of those maybe you know who um which one really took your eye um, the f- lads in the full back line for sure like you know Craig Morgan and Quigley like Craig Morgan especially like he just as well, I forgot, sorry. It, it, there was stage on the first half for the f- water for running our full back line and it was like an old hip team they were just hitting the break ball and the ball is coming out and it was a big cheer and it just had something about you no know, kind of they're standing up to like you know like like Craig Moran kept as a highly scoreless and like really there as well and then Shabarat experience there beside him like so them lads can hold their head up high we're saying to start here that's probably our full back line and at the moment I can't see any changes there um, Cork as I say got lucky maybe the goal Mark Hughes target man the first half and even the second half an out ball there in the first half that diagonal ball he was there on top for like his first goal. He took it exceptionally well. Um, a few lads down were on that stag, and he was heading back to nine to one. So that paid for the old drink for day. So fair, fair to Mark Hill, <laughs> give him a point if you ever see him. Um, but like them lads can hold their heads up high, like there's no two ways about it. Like, you know, they went down to Walsh Park, respecting to get thumped, like, and you're putting in these so called experienced lads and some of the best marquee forwards at the moment in form. They, they can go away proud of them. There's definitely no time to lick our wounds now with Claire coming to the stadium on Sunday. I think we're just going to have, even for this, you know, I suppose it's all it's all been said there, you know, we we, we were right in the game, which we would have took before it. Maybe lacked a bit of composure coming down the straight, happy enough with the newcomers. But the seven-day turnaround is, you know, look, you have Noel and John in there, very used to doing with their clubs now. You have to get down after this game, and then you have to get up for the Claire game. It's a different circumstances. Is everybody saying that you know, we didn't have a chance in all this. Now we're going as fairs against Clare. Uh, it's a must-win game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, does, uh, I suppose the pressure's on tip to, to... The pressure I'd be putting on him, for want of, uh, of a better phrase, was can you do it now consistently? Can you do it next week now that you're favourites? And I think tip our fa- or this weekend, I think tip our favourites coming to this game. This is a game you should be winning. Um the the physical the physical fatigue or, or whatever it is going in, I don't think there should be any there because they're supremely fit, they're well conditioned, they've access to the best uh, strengthening conditioning and dietitians and recovery and all that stuff. It's the emotional high and low can you manage. Like they're they're waiting on this match now in a long time. They're thinking about this match an awful long time. So they're up their their emotions are through the roof. Even playing that game, you're, you're, you're running on different emotions. You know, there's going to be a low for the next couple of days. Not, not a low because you're defeated, because it is mentally draining. 
they have to get that part right again and, and bring the same intensity, aggression, application this weekend, all the while being favourites. And uh, that's the next question I'd ask of Tip. Um, can we do it again? Can we do it consistently? Because I believe that um, if we win this weekend, uh, they're, they're, the talk of a free shot at Limerick, but like, who knows what happens against Limerick? It, it will come down to the last game against Cork and I do believe we'll beat Cork if we can prove we can be consistent now you know and uh, I think I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping the old shackles are off of Marky Hall because sometimes when you have a, a player like Jamie Callan playing on the same team as you it can hamper you a bit because he's the star so it's kind of like he, he'll do the work I, I'll just you know I play on the edges but I think he put in a performance there Sunday that it felt like he just said lads this is my show now give me the ball and I hope to see it again this weekend yeah definitely and I think you know as, as I said we're probably marginal favourites for this one but you know reading there today Shane, Shane O'Donnell probably back in for Claire they're definitely not going going to go to Semple or FBD Semple or whatever we're calling it these days full of fear and you know I think that Tipperary going to have to really sit out their stall early on get ahead and maybe Having the game under their belts really, you you know, use that the nerves will be gone. Clear will have another couple of new starters themselves. Like Colin, would you agree with much of what Stephen's kind of saying there? Like that it's you know it's everyone I'm talking to this week. Clear's a must win because you don't want to leave in yourself. Need to beat Limerick and Cork. Definitely, de- definitely, Kevin. Look, in some ways, it's a bigger challenge than the Waterford game because, as the lad said, the Waterford game was a free shot. We weren't expected to win it. We were playing down in Welsh Park. You know. All the pressure was off us. Now there's an expectation to be, to, to be clear. And we still have some issues to resolve, you know. And, and the, the added pressure then, if we lose the game, we're basically gone out of the championship, unfortunately. Like, you know, that's that's the reality of this. Like, you know, so I think there there, there is going to be a, a fair bit of pressure, a fair bit of pressure on us, on us for Sunday. And it'll be interesting to see, as the lads have said, you know, how we start on Sunday. Do we take the momentum from the Watford game straight away into the Clare game and, you know, go take build up a lead in the first half. One statistic actually that I saw from, from last Sunday's game, which I thought was very interesting, I think between the 28th minute of the first half and say the, the 50th minute of the game, so 12 minutes into the second half, I think Waterford outscored us by something like 212 to four points. I thought that was a very, very telling statistic. You know, we really faded out of the game there. So we had a very good first 25 and last 20, but that middle part of the game, we seemed to, we seemed to die a death and, you know, hopefully that we can give a, a, almost a more even performance against Clare on Sunday and play for the entire 70 minutes. And I think we play for the entire 70 minutes and we get we iron out one or two selection issues. Um, you know, I, 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 I would I would fancy it's all right. But again, you know, Clare are a bit unknown. We don't really know too much about Clare. They're, I suppose, a bit like we were last Sunday in the long grass. So, you know, it has all the ingredients again to, to, to be a cracker of a game and there'll be nothing, nothing given to us easy next Sunday. Absolutely nothing. Definitely, and you know we don't know how about uh, the health of Connor Bow. He looked like he had a bad finger injury coming off at uh, half time there. Sean, you mentioned maybe uh, any more any more changes than that on the tip team? Would you see? Um, certainly, I think maybe more can go a different plan, but it's kind of getting out with the blocks again. I'd have midfield is still a problem. I right? we've been saying here in this podcast since we started the podcast, and we kind of flee and hair from the field again. I like. I don't know. I what's the answer? Is Dan McGrath on this? But it's just it's one area every time. It seems to be you know featured early on the yeah, lead, nothing I more. But um, 
I don't know, like, is, is anyone that he could bring out and try him there? Like, we tried everyone, like, like, not Connor Sega probably is an answer, but he came on and got in that ball around that kind of half hour line. That midfielder, so up a goal and I got a point, but like, need like Dan John McGrath. Sorry, Dan in there, maybe has to be done, has to be done. Um, and I feel John will start, and that could be a two change to kind of maybe your player seven or eight kind of the forward slash a feel and see a way they're working. But it's simple stadium, like we like I know we lost the water, but like bit of momentum going in now to clear. Like, there was a kind of small buzz round that we didn't see last week at all, to be honest. Um, the lads asked for tickets, and you know, and you go on to third which is great. Like, I think if we didn't show any kind of forms as Watford, people wouldn't give a toss about it. Um, so, but you have to get off the good foot. If clear again, top foot, I think you could get a bit, the crowd could get a bit nasty. I'm not nasty, but kind of, oh, fuck this. Like, no, where was the performance had last week? No. Um, why can we show that again? Well, it is, you know, we are in that jeopardy stage, as Colm said, where a loss and tip are all without. Um, mm-hmm. Limerick again, touch on and miss they were very impressive against Cork on, on Sunday I know Cork wouldn't be highly thought of here but uh, you know to come out and do that in, in Parky Cueve basically gift them a goal with the first the, the, um, the first puck of the game like you know was it shows that they are at their level and I, I think that um, you know they are very much still the team to beat Yeah I, I'd agree they're the team to beat um, because they, they've been proven it the last couple of years like but um, I suppose next week now we'll, we'll really see uh, just how good Limerick are like you know as I said last week like like I didn't I wouldn't have been overly concerned about Watford's performance in the league final against Cork because it's Cork I wouldn't be overly concerned about Limerick's performance against Cork in the first round of the championship because it's Cork like you know like that to, to say something like that like to a, to an older fella especially be like it's Cork like you know but Cork, we know, are absolute dire. Like, you know, it is, it is absolutely terrible. You know, like... Actually, I think that has to be said again, Steve. They were absolutely... I mean, the game plan, you've five or six weeks to size up Limerick or whatever, and they were actually worse than they were yeah. in the yeah. All-Ireland final. It's unforgivable. Like, like you, you you, strip back uh, Limerick's game, right? They, they want a possession game and all this. But when they have to launch it, they launch it and the lads will will fight for their own ball. They'll get into the rocks. They'll they'll take the belts. They'll take all the physical stuff and brace it. Like Cork are trying to play what seems to me like they're trying to play a bit of soccer when they're playing hurling. Handy side balls, handy possession balls, handy but when the time comes to launch it, they're so conditioned to try and keep possession that they they won't even launch the ball up and like that goal they conceded at the time Aaron Galan was in, inside on his own, that's criminal. If Aaron, Aaron the 13s were out last night, it was the big ball we were playing, but if that happened last night, I'd have to get them all in here, really kick the hole. That's how bad that was. Like. But as well, Kyle Hayes' first goal, you know, with the full back going out the field, I mean, or, you know, the cover, yeah, literally no, getting sold the worst dummy, you know, I mean, it's under 13s. Yeah, it's brutal. And, and this all that running might work on their age sideways passing and you know like but hurling is a physical intense game and if you cannot play a physical game of hurling you're at nothing and that's why tip getting over Clare this weekend I think will qualify us out of of uh, Munster because to show consistency that's all we want because they have the hurlers and they'll go and bait Cork then and put Cork out of their misery the actually have on that is that Cork were actually so bad that they're going to have to, 
you know, like with, with Davy Fitz a few years ago, come round for the for the other Ibinas or whatever, like and have a heart to heart. Um, they they can't be that bad for the rest of the championship mm-hmm. because and you know they if they have anything about them as you know I was trying to beat them up a bit here and give them some chance against uh, Limerick team that are underwhelmed in the league. But you know if they have anything about them now, they need to throw the game plan out the window and they do have time because they're not on this weekend. And you know I think you know maybe with Anthony Daly kind of touting Tim O'Mahony up to the forwards is one kind of thing they can do and. And that, like, you know, they just can't be as bad and that might put them back by the time they roll up to Semple Stadium. Yeah, maybe so, but if you can't take a shoulder, you can't, you're at not, no matter what the game plan is. Well, even on this weekend, I think this Waterford Limerick game may just be our damn squid last, to be honest. Bit of shadow box. Like, Waterford aren't going to show the hand to Limerick here. Limerick going to show the hand to Waterford? Like, this is the most final, I think, it? Like, it will be eventually, like, but... Hard to know he and for start. I think he'll start the same. He'll bring on the boys again, like, who come on. Austin, Baron, Bennett, Baron. like, you know, they're daily, like, there's some souls bring on, like, even just don't start them again and bring them on and see what the result offer. Like, I don't think Cal be too worried either, to be honest. Well, so if they, if they took that approach, though, like, and they were beaten again, that's a huge psychological blow going into the, into um, a monster fight. If they, if they make it, if Tip can't, you know, if there's a huge psychological blow. But psychological blow went into a monster final against Limerick who you haven't beaten you know and uh, and then with Limerick then you'd be thinking on the other hand or you'd be hoping look let's go out and put manners on these crowds so that they don't they don't raise a, a gallop in the monster final like you know I, I'd be hoping for a cracker and, and you'd be thinking whichever team gets the win this weekend should they have a couple of easy games then to work on the, on the, the rest of the championship then you know just back to our own game, lads. We probably need, you know, Jake Morris and, and Jason Ford now to have better games next Sunday than, than they had last week. Now, I know Jake Morris, in fairness, he worked very, very hard and he was flying into tackles and buzzing around the place. But probably his contribution on the scoreboard wasn't what we needed. Like, you know, he, 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 and he fluffed a chance near the end. And the same with Jason Ford. And actually thinking back on it, Jason Ford was poor in the, in the league game against Waterford as well. Now that I think about it. So, you know, we probably need probably need those two boys now to, you know, they're our kind of, you know, almost our marquee forwards. You know, Ford we've talked about plenty of times on the podcast before, like, and, and the admiration we all have for him. And I suppose Jake Morris is now kind of one of the young pretenders maybe to Callanan or Corbett's crown of, you know, goal, goal getter and goal scorer for us along with Keogh. So I really hope the two lads now find a bit of form on Sunday. And just on Connor Bow, I thought he played very well last Sunday in the time he was on. I think he's, 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 I don't know, has he dislocated his finger or is it something a bit more serious? But it looks like he might be out for, for three or four weeks, which would be, you know, it'd be very, very disappointing. Somebody just mentioned that to me this morning. So that'd be very, very disappointing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it does, like, if you, these championship games, they are kind of quite attritional. So, Again, going back to the Limerick Waterford game, that might actually, you might see a bit of a, a phony war there, is, is, is what mm. I come to say, but you definitely won't see one in Turles. Just, you know, before we wrap up, lads, you know, Munster Championship kicked off. I think it was White Heat. You know, a good game and a half, maybe, until Limerick got on top and there was no way back from court. Leinster, you know, you had three, well, you know, you had two definitely low key games with kind of, you know, Kilkenny kind of out for a stroll and Dublin maybe kind of, you know, getting on top versus. Leash there again, but you know the other the other game of significance there was Wexford. You know coming back from the dead almost against you know Galway team that showed a bit, 
a lot of composure, lads. I watched this one and robbed for the last. <laughs> I don't think it was robbed. I think the stupidity by the by the by Galway not to see the game out, but um, and then just like they, I know maybe maybe the crowd got Wexford home in it, but I think that could be a very valuable point now for for them, and they, they have to go again this weekend. It's a poor, it's a poor game. Like I had no kind of. Kind of like a league match, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. I thought it was glory. Yeah, when I watched it, I was kind of going, no, hasn't taken off yet. And took off in the last couple of minutes when, you know, they got the few handy frees and a few scores and they're going mad as if they were great. Like, it wasn't, compared to the other, say, tip off game, even to the first, until Limerick dominated, there was no comparison. Like. Yeah, I, I just think for me, Munster is just that bit ahead of, so we wait to see, maybe see Kilkenny in, in, in full flight kind of later on, if they have a kind of soft introduction, but, um, yeah, as he said, there was it definitely lacked a bit of intensity, and I saw lads cribbing about modern hurling over, like you know. But I think definitely the tip game was, you know, showed showed a lot of the, the better qualities of a good game of hurling there. Yeah, the tip the tip Waterford game was a was I, I thought myself it was a good game. It was an enjoyable game. It, it 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 was old school as much as old school can be these days. Do you know what I mean? It was it was fairly hip hip to hip. It was fairly, you know, it was very intense. You know, and in fairness to tip they. You know, we did quieten the crowd down there for long periods. Like, do you know what I mean? You know, there was a an element of going into the Lions Den down there. But to be fair to the boys, you know, as I said, they brought intensity and they brought physicality to the game. And that's one of the things that would have worried me going down there. I always feel we'd always usually perform in championship, you know, that, you know, we have a long, proud history of that. You know, we don't, we always show up at, for championship games, but I was just a little bit afraid about, the, would we be able to bring the level of intensity? And we did that. And I suppose going back to next Sunday's game, the challenge now is to bring that intensity again with us into the game and if, if we bring that intensity I, I, I think I think we'd have enough to win you know and that, that as you said sets us up with a free shot against Limerick and then hopefully as we sort of predicted last week on the podcast that it might all come down to the Cork game and just on the Cork-Limerick game I think in fairness to Limerick their, their excellent performance you know albeit against you know a very poor Cork team has been kind of overlooked by the absolute you know roasting that Cork have got since the game like they have been absolutely trashed by everybody by Don Logue by you know their own by you know all of the, the, the experts everywhere like Cork have really there's no place to hide after last after last Sunday Kevin and there's no amount I know I was sort of in agreement with you that you know maybe they'd bring something different to the championship but you know I, I can't defend them anymore here like you know, I'm actually just thinking they're basically the hurling equivalent of Man United at the moment aren't they yeah they just look so far off and like and you know the had this rebel plan and they were going to dominate and all this. They're just so they've nothing. But and I look, I, I I have you know I had a bit of hope that and I did think that if they had anything about them there that they would really fly into Limerick, but they're just not capable of it in their current incarnation. No, definitely not. But look, Limerick were very good as well, and Limerick are very good. You know, there's no point in getting away from that. Limerick are a serious outfit, like you know, and you know it pains it pains me to say that, but they are they are a serious outfit, and they looked every bit to me on Sunday favourites for the All-Ireland. You know, they were easily the most impressive. As I said, despite who they were playing, they were easily the most impressive of the teams that I saw playing last weekend. You know, I thought that they were cut above the rest of them, like, you know, and they are going to take, they're going to take some stop and like, you know. Um, but look, you, you know, it's, 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 it's unusual as well, just, I suppose, just to finish, like, it was a bit unusual to be playing championship in April, it just there was a sort of an unreality about the whole thing on Sunday for me. It was a very wet day. Now I know we get wet days in the middle of the summer here as well, but there was a real kind of a league feel about even going down to the game. I don't know if that's if you, if you felt that. I just felt it was kind of an unusual 
atmosphere an unusual occasion like you know now once the game started it you know things heated up pretty quickly but you know I, I, I think it's 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 brilliant to have a split season but you know something is you know I'm just I'm just a little bit unsure about playing championship hurling you know the middle of April it just doesn't sit well with me yet and I, I don't know what the answer is you know I, I really don't know what the answer is but you know not you know the fact that we could be out of championship on the what is it, 23rd 24th of April yeah. I mean, that's, that's shocking like you know I, I you know I, I find that a little bit unpalatable but look at better minds than mine have, have wrestled with this for a long time and this is the solution they've come up with so we'll run with this for a while and see where it takes us yeah look I think the payback from that is you know good quality club action in high summer like or you know in, in the really the marquee months of August yeah, September yeah, so yeah. we might have to judge to full year when you know when we have the, the full thing but like I think definitely there is a bit of you know disquiet on you know big championship games kind of getting on and where it is in, in the calendar as well like you know we've mentioned soccer twice and you know the Masters is on and you have the Grand Nationals so it's hard for, in the media space to kind of get for the focus on the GA RT have been awful I suppose in terms of build up anyway at any, at any point but like yeah I think that this calendar might take a bit of tweaking but I think the genesis of it is good to kind of is, is, clubs is that though Kevin is that the GAA's fault or is it RTE's fault I often wonder like are, are, are we as an organisation failing to promote our game through RTE it's a bit about look the media man with the players like over the league and stuff it's, it's all not helping you mm-hmm. know but um, I think definitely the I don't know whose fault it is Colin to answer but the lack of a magazine programme and the lack of yeah. any kind of big launch you know, an in-depth detail of, you know, the Munster and Leinster Championships as, as, as one because, look, the football we're used to have being a, a slow burner and, you know, a soft launch, kind of getting going and then the kind of momentum builds with teams coming through the qualifiers and all that. But the hurling, look, the best teams in the country on one side and one, two of them are going to be out now over the next few weeks. Like, you know, so these matches do matter. I know, I know we're finishing up, but we did touch on it earlier on, lads, about midfield. And, you know, I think we said this last January even about midfield, that, you know, it was an area that worried us all. Like, we just don't know who, we don't have a midfield at the moment. Like, Barry Heffernan, I know, you know, he, he did okay in the first half on Sunday, a little less good in the second half. But to be fair to Barry, I don't think he is a midfielder, you know. And, and I, you know, like, I'm not going to say, you know, Alan Flynn to me is not good enough to start centre field for Tipperary. You know, um, I'm... Sorry to have to say that, but, you know, he, he isn't like, you know, and well, who are you going to put in? I honestly don't know. I don't know who we try there. I mean, I don't know, Stephen, would James Kennedy do a job in their, in their midfield? Like you would have seen him play or, or no, you wouldn't. I, I'd keep, I'd keep Seamus where he is. Um, I, to be honest, I think the next day we, for me, it would, you know, I'd go with Dan with, uh, with, with Barry Heffern. I know Barry has his critics and all that, but I think he's so comfortable on the ball and the type of hurling we're trying to play that he's a, he's a good goal between from the backs to the forwards, getting on the possession, the one-twos. And, you know, he's a good L-stride on him too, you know. Like, he might not be the the biggest or the quickest and all that, but I think he needs he needs a partner that might have to do the dirty work for him, if you get me. Mm. But I think his comfort on the ball gets him nod. I think, look, I mentioned it about Alan Flint today. I think Alan is a fantastic hurler. I think he's a brilliant, and, and he proves it year in, year out at the club. But the game has moved on from Alan's physique, I think. You know, he's, yeah. he's a fantastic yeah. hurler, but he's not overly big. He's not overly fast. He's not overly strong. So he's in the middle of the field fighting with monsters, basically. 
Yeah. You know, and it's it's Throw taken back the old on. midfield role of you know yeah, the yeah, breaks yeah. and and like link to play, Stephen, and maybe you know we're, we're not trying. It depends, you know, what instructions those lads are going out with that are playing yeah, midfield. What's the yeah. exact role? Tis, because tis a horrible be place to play. Place. Yeah, because you're like they're expected to make the runs to help out. They're expected to make the runs to stop things, but they might never touch a ball. But them being in that area, getting a little hook in, getting a little shoulder in, getting a little nick of the ball. That's phenomenal work that will never be seen, yeah. you know. And it's just unless a midfielder scoring four or five points a game, he's automatically going to be going to be uh, said to have played poor. Now, Alan had a real tough day at the office, today, and after fifteen minutes, he was I could see he was talking to Tommy Dunn. He was hanging for air. It looked a bit strange, but look, when you're fighting against lads that are physically bigger and stronger than you, you're, you're going to suffer no matter how good your hurling is. Yeah. Definitely something, you know. Maybe his role might be. To come. Come on with 15 minutes to go. Yeah. It, you know, the, the collisions yeah. aren't maybe as, as big then. Exactly. Right, folks. All, all roads definitely need to turn us this weekend. It's a must win for Tipperary. Um, hopefully, we'll be back here this week celebrating the tip victory and looking forward to two games versus Cork and Limerick. Thanks, Thanks, Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.